Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is The Big Question, the show that gives you too much information about what happens when Chernobyl-style radiation tidal waves happen over and over, but to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Sure, some superheroes are boring, but others make New Jersey f pads to bang their robot corpse boyfriends. Get the light. Goo! <laughs> I'm Eric Voss. Here with me is Tommy Bechtold. Hey, buddy. God, I love summer in Jersey. How are you, Eric? Oh, it's so nice. The weather is warm. There's a neighborhood you wander into, and you lose your personality, and you shift decades based on the whims of a sandy blonde woman. Well, that's what happens when, uh, you know, your neighborhood in New Jersey is under a bunch of power lines. There's that weird kind of radiation, yeah. and who knows what kind of sex cults will come out of it. Remove your clothes. You're stepping over a line now. You're stepping over a line. You know you are. I mean, it can't be worse than what Snooky did, right? Like, it can't, it can't be worse than what that those guys got into. It can't get weirder, I don't think. Oh, I hope we get a Jersey Shore episode of WandaVision before this season's <laughs> over. Oh, please, yes, please. Well, WandaVision is once again, like many MCU titles, trying to ground this universe in science by suggesting that Westview's witchcraft is actually a kind of radiation. But, you know, mm. this is not the first time radiation has been used to explain the whole madness of the MCU. So, Tommy, what's our big question this week? Eric, I'm glad you asked, since you seem so confident about this. How exactly? Has radiation from the Infinity Stones affected the MCU? Now, we got this question from various Discorders, Dark Mosh, Tyler Edwards, Actually Sauceless, and uh, Virtually Sauceless. I made that one up. <laughs> Pretty much sauceless. Mostly sauceless. <laughs> A lot of our, our friends on Discord, who are all patrons who support this channel, have been asking this in various different forms. So we figured we'd kind of just like talk about the radioactive effects that the Infinity Stones and WandaVision is having on the MCU. And uh, if you want to get your question featured on Big Question, really becoming a patron and joining our Discord is the, the most direct and easiest way to do it. It's where we always check first. It's where really the best questions tend to be asked anyway. Where all the action is. Now, we thought we were done with the Infinity Stones after Avengers Endgame, but the radiation those stones emitted remains. Tommy, you may remember the moment in Avengers Endgame where Bruce Banner said that the radiation is, quote, mostly gamma. Uh, and he compared it to his own origins with gamma radiation. He's like, I was made for this. <laughs> Is he Rocky Balboa? <laughs> yeah. Hey, it was pretty great. Well, when I first got here, most of you people didn't like me very much. <laughs> but if I get gamma radiation and you get gamma radiation, maybe we can all get gamma radiation. And this happened right as Bruce Banner snapped everyone back and traumatized a ton of hot hospital patients and workers, as we learned in WandaVision. Yeah. Not all good things came from that. Let's talk about what gamma radiation is in the real world. It ain't fun. Um, so gamma radiation, as opposed to alpha radiation, beta radiation, is the most powerful. It is caused by weightless photons emitting from unstable atomic nuclei. You know I don't speak Spanish. In English, please. So uh, those photons can pass through most materials since they're basically an electromagnetic wave that uh, they can go through anything. They're usually stopped by a couple feet of concrete. 
Um, but if they were to contact human tissue directly, they destabilize your DNA. It's ugly. It's not fun. Watch Chernobyl on HBO and you'll see what we're talking about. In fact, it's so dangerous that even when the radioactive origin substance of that gamma radiation is removed, the irradiated materials it came into contact with continue to emit their own radiation as photons from those destabilized atoms continue to beam out. So, using this logic to the MCU, even though the Infinity Stones may have been reduced to atoms, uh, present day in the timeline their effect lingers Ooh, like a bad penny or a great cranberry song Ooh, did you have to did you have to did you have to let it linger oh it's so good takes you back but interesting choice of words from bruce banner he said mostly gamma not 100 percent gamma that would suggest <laughs> that there are other types of radiation emitted by those stones and that is where wandavision comes in see episode four made a point to describe the westview anomaly as cmbr cosmic microwave background radiation we love a good sci-fi term or physics term yes. or whatever it is. An acronym. Uh, we feel like we're learning. Nom, 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 nom. It's a little, it rolls off the tongue a little nicer than barf. <laughs> Just a bit. I mean, depending on what you're eating, barf could roll right off that tongue. It could fly off that tongue. It could shoot out over the tongue. Or just like a, an Olympic long jumper, just go right over the tongue. Yeah. Go for the gold. Oh, yeah. Over the tongue, or under the shirt. That's why, that was my rules to for To grandmother's house. Yeah. <laughs> now, CMBR is a real thing. It's actually a super faint electromagnetic radiation, and it exists everywhere, thus background. Uh, and it's considered to be proof that the Big Bang happened. That's why they're saying it's, it's a relic of the Big Bang. It uh, It's kind of like everywhere. It's faint. It's always there. It's what causes static on a TV screen. That's what CMBR is. And that's kind of why they're linking it to WandaVision. But in episode four, they cite the Big Bang. And that's a very big deal because it suggests this historical connection to the Infinity Stones in the MCU. Because in Avengers Infinity War, Wong explained that the six stones were produced by the Big Bang itself. At the dawn of the universe, there was nothing. Then, boom. Big Bang sent six elemental crystals. Huddling across the virgin universe. Oh, Wong, we miss you, buddy. We want to hear that guy explain everything in the MCU. Oh. He's just got away. And then go watch him on Marco Polo, where he just has sex with like 80 women. <laughs> he cleans up. <laughs> Wasn't he also in The Martian? Yes. Oh. He's great. Yeah. That guy, just walk into a room, start talking. I'm listening. Now, we also know that WandaVision is revisiting Wanda's origins with the Mind Stone, right? We've seen uh, footage of that scene where it's floating in front of her. We're going back there. We're going to get some more answers there. But by doing this, the MCU is linking, I think, all of the anomalistic freak occurrences, really, to these six stones that appear during the Big Bang. So let us remind ourselves of everything the MCU is essentially saying was caused by Infinity Stone cosmic radiation. So the first thing we're going to talk about uh, in relation to WandaVision, the Mind Stone activated the powers of the Maximoff twins, Wanda and Pietro. Is it the full source of their powers? No, they might have had an X gene. They might have been born with that mutant gene. But the Mind Stone is what woke it up. It's kind of part of the formula that Infinity Stone radiation activated this gene in their DNA. And this happened shortly before the uh, Mind Stone basically created Vision. It's one of the five uh, components of Vision. Tommy and I did this in a past episode of The Big Question. It's uh, one of those ingredients. Basically, what the Mind Stone brings is not necessarily 
the brain because the OS comes from Jarvis. Right. But it does um, fuse it all together in a way, giving him a sort of cosmic insight. Like Jarvis didn't have uh, that personality that was so introspective and philosophical. That whole debate with Ultron at the end of Age of Ultron, I think that was that mm. was the Mind Stone talking. Yeah, it's like fairy dust. Deep, introspective fairy dust. Like cocaine. People say I make too many cocaine references, so we'll cut that one out. <laughs> no, we're going to double it. Too real. I want to double down on it. <laughs> double down on it. Tommy, cocaine back to But most important for WandaVision is this idea that, like, that Mind Stone, at least in the MCU, seems to be kind of the link between Wanda and Vision. Mm, and yep. the fact that it's playing such a big role in WandaVision tells us that, you know, the source of their connection, the fact that both of them are kind of superpowered from the same inglet, that might be the kind of representation of their shared heart or their shared soul comes from that infinity stone which is kind of a sad thing it's like well if this gem gets destroyed we get destroyed it's like uh those necklaces that you used to share with your best friend the lockets where you Mm. get a half and i get a half and if it gets destroyed your parents have to move out of state and then you go to (laughs) iowa and you play little league baseball there and i never see you again uh is that because you're a ghost because all baseball players in iowa are ghosts in cornfields yes I saw that movie. Now, uh, another important Infinity Stone giving radioactive powers, the Space Stone. Uh, That's what gave Carol Danvers her powers because in the Captain Marvel film, that Kree slash Skrull lightspeed engine had radiation derived from the Space Stone, and that's what erupted and washed over Carol Danvers, basically cooking her flesh but not her flight suit. Interesting. Hmm. A lot of interesting um, inconsistencies with the Tesseract in that movie. It's able to be contained by a Happy Days lunchbox, but it it slips through the hull of an airplane in the first Captain America movie. You know, science, science is a tricky thing. Science? If you put a question mark... It's a failsafe for whatever. You can get away with anything uh-huh. as long as you put a question mark at the end. Now, while we're talking about the Space Stone, the Space Stone was also instrumental in teleporting Red Skull to Vormir. And a lot of people believe that the Space Stone, since it has similar properties of the Bifrost, that the Asgardian Bifrost may have had its technology derived from that same Space Stone. It kind of looks like it's a big beam of light that just transports you to the heavens. So could those two be linked? We know that Odin had an ancient uh, possession of the Tesseract before he was depicted bringing it to Norway. And we saw in that children's book in the first Thor movie, he walked across the Rainbow Bridge to do it. So Mm. is there some kind of historical connection there? We'll see. Now, the Power Stone, of course, from the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, destroyed Ronan the Accuser. Ah, Nearly destroyed the Guardians of the Galaxy 2. A lot of radioactive. It looked like kind of the same thing. Made your flesh look kind of cooked. Cooked flesh. It's keto, but it's not not good. You're ringing that dinner bell for Army Hammer. Careful. Hey, let's let let's let the public decide on Army Hammer, guys. Give him another chance. I'm a public. I'm part of the public. I think the guy's a cannibal. <laughs> He's probably a monster. <laughs> now, most famous use of Infinity Stone radiation, of course, Thanos snapping his fingers, pissing off Thor, who didn't aim for the right. head, and mm-hmm. uh, half of all life was dusted. And I kind of want to run through the dusted names because this list keeps growing in the MCU in fascinating ways. Mm-hmm. So. We know the names Wanda Maximoff, Peter Parker, Doctor Strange, Bucky Barnes, Sam Wilson, Peter Quill, Groot, Drax, Mantis, T'Challa, and then Nick Fury and Maria Hill. Uh, we saw all of that in the final minutes of Avengers Infinity War. But we also found out uh, Shuri, 
And we know that uh, Eric Selvig and Jane Foster, we saw in the post credit scene and the Wasp, Hank Pym, Hope Van Dyne, Janet Van Dyne. Uh, mm-hmm. We could tell based off of the context from the Spider-Man movies that MJ, Ned, and Flash, and we think Aunt May. We also have been told through the script that, yeah, we mentioned Jane Foster and Wong were, were included in the Snap victims. Uh, we've been led to believe that Sharon Carter and Secretary Ross uh, were, were dusted as well. Hawkeye's family, we saw at the beginning of Endgame. And then, as of WandaVision, Monica Rambeau was dusted mm. as well, causing lots of drama with her missing her mother's death. It's very sad. Yeah. And then shortly after this, Thanos uses six stones again to uh, atomize the stones themselves. And this is what released that shockwave of radiation that rocket raccoon sensors picked up. So it kind of showed us that this interesting shockwave of radiation spills across the universe, making us think, does that do other things? And then just wrapping up other known uses of the stones and their radiation, uh, Hulk brought everyone back who had uh, been dusted, but that radiation badly injured his arm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then meanwhile, it freaked out Monica Rambeau and millions of people around the world and Midtown High. It created a blood feud between the basketball team and the marching band. Um, (laughs) A lot of problems. A lot of problems. Unsolvable. Problems that will last for generations. Once you f*** with the marching band, it's over. Now, the six stones combined were used by Tony Stark to wipe out Thanos and his forces. So that killed Thanos, Ebony Monprox, from Midnight Corvus Glaive, all remaining outriders and Leviathans and other infantry. But also, that radiation fatally injured Tony Stark himself. Mm. So those are the uses of the radiation that we know about. But if this radiation persists, what are some other possible side effects that are not yet confirmed but appear to be on the horizon well one is this westview anomaly as it has come to be known in wandavision so darcy lewis confirmed that energy field to be composed of cmbr dating back to the big bang and that the radiation is probably coming from wanda's own sorcery which was derived from a cosmic infinity stone so that's a big deal um we don't quite know yet if you're watching this video after wandavision's episodes are finished you might be able to tell us more we're recording this halfway through the season uh it seems like other kinds of anomalies like that in the right set of circumstances in this case is a perfect storm involving wanda maximoff when she's particularly heartbroken over losing vision uh trying to access some of her own inner witchcraft yeah that uh combine that with other people whose powers are derived from infinity stones that radiation just lingering all over the galaxy all over the universe other things like this could start happening now um we should also talk about with wandavision monica rambeau aka spectrum I'm pretty certain we are looking at a Spectrum origin story. You know, uh, when Monica was ejected from Westview, I don't know if you saw this, Tommy, Wanda's red glow continued to snake and cover her body. Was Mm. that uh, Carol Danvers' uh, Infinity Stone um, energy radiation moment? A level up for Monica. Now, the side effect most people are asking about is with mutants. So if Wanda's energy field continues to grow wider and wider, could it warp the anatomies of others across the universe? Or maybe rewrite reality in a way to incarnate mutants into existence, kind of like a reverse House of M, as we've talked about before. A, a very Marvel Studios thing to do is like take the thing in the comics and reverse it and have that Uh be how it happens. 
uh, because it's just enough of a nod to the comics without making it completely loyal to the comics, and it frees you to do whatever you want then with the characters. I think it's going to have to be something like that. I that, like it's going to have to be a big event that creates a lot of mutants, right? Like that's gonna yeah. that's going to have to be the explanation as to why Wolverine didn't come save the world when uh, uh-huh. you know didn't yeah. didn't help us defeat Thanos, unless he did in some other universe. The other thing I right. the other theory I, I think is the bring them from another universe is the other one that appeals to me. Yeah, that's that's possible. And then if we are getting more Chris Evans Captain America movies, if he's going to be playing a young version of himself, it's probably going to be set in that alternate timeline that he lived his life out in, and then maybe see some of those rejected concepts from the first Captain America movie of like they were going to mm-hmm. put uh, James Howlett in one of those POW camps in World War II. Mm -hmm. And he was going to be there. I think Magneto was going to be there too. Wow. Wow. But of course, there's also the not as exciting option with mutants that like they were there. We just, the camera wasn't pointed at them. You know, like there was some other side mission that uh, Logan was there for during World War II. He just, you know, he wasn't hanging out with the Avengers. Now, another possible radioactive side effect, the Fantastic Four. Ooh, yes. Because specifically in episode four of WandaVision, Hayward said that half of his astronaut pilots disappeared in the blip and that a lot of the others lost their nerve uh, to return. And it sounds mm. like, you know, maybe not all have reported back. If astronauts went missing in space at the time of the snap, that's a very big deal. Where did they go? How did they come back safely? Uh, that sounds like it could be the origin story of the you know members of the fantastic four and victor von doom you know maybe somehow through that passage they get uh crossed through the negative zone or uh my theory has been the quantum realm and the mcu is going to be you know retconned as the negative zone either way you know just missing astronauts that's kind of like when you hear that in the marvel world it's like ah that's our fantastic four i got very excited when you brought up missing astronauts i immediately got my fantastic four (laughs) antenna (laughs) put up your posters a kind of a bummer uh possible side effect is what the possible side effect of all radiation is cancer so i bring this up because uh monica's mother maria was being treated for cancer at the time of the snap and despite the test coming back clear her doctor said that the cancer returned a few years later there's a lot about cancer we don't know often cancer does come back but is there gonna be a reason for that could lingering radioactive uh gamma rays just around the universe be what gave uh, Maria Rambeau her cancer when it came back. Mm. We also know that cancer is going to pop up uh, with Jane Foster. That's gonna, it's confirmed. The Thor Love and Thunder is gonna feature the the Jane Foster as a cancer patient story arc. Mm. Where did that cancer come from? Um, is it just gonna be like, are we gonna have a lot of different stories with characters getting cancer in the MCU or are they all gonna be connected? Oh God, that's, I hope not. You better not, you better not. Yeah, I mean, either way, characters are getting cancer, and this isn't the yeah. only other time this has happened. Meredith Quill died of brain right. cancer. And that was, uh, you know, Ego gave her that brain cancer. He kind of, like, uh, killed off the loose threads of his uh, universe-wide fest. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there might be some link with the Infinity yes. Stones and the Celestials, right? Ego's a Celestial. His son, Peter Quill, was able to wield an Infinity Stone, and that was a big mystery at the end of the first Guardians of the Galaxy. How is he able to do that? And we found out in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, it's because he's the son of the Celestial. So do the Celestials have a certain Infinity Stone cosmic radioactive coding? Is that what allowed Ego to, across galaxies, beam cancer into someone's head? And is that all coming from the same stone radiation? I like the idea of, like, a, like a plating over you that keeps you... Yeah. you have a celestial layer 
I want a celestial layer. I just want that as a layer on my bean dip, right? Like, oh, I got the refried beans, cheese, oh, sour cream, and a bit of celestial there. Yeah, very nice. Tommy, as we wave our Geiger counter over the MCU and trying to detect where radiation is and how it's going to affect things, WandaVision is very clearly reconnecting with the traumatic events of Avengers Endgame, specifically the trauma of the Avengers reversal of the snap. And it tells us that the MCU considered Endgame to be a crucial watershed moment that they aren't done with. They're going to use to set up all kinds of bizarre side effects in Phase 4 and beyond. And I think radiation is the key to all of it. Bam! We're going to continue with some bite-sized questions that Tommy's going to answer for us. But first, we want to thank some people who helped us make this episode, starting with our friends at Honey. Thanks to Honey for sponsoring this episode. We all shop online, and we've all seen that promo code feel just taunt us at checkout. Like, mm, you want to put something in me? Oh, you don't know? You don't have anything? Oh, bye-bye. Enjoy paying full price. Well... Thanks to Honey, that annoying voice gets silenced forever because Honey searches for coupon codes. They make manually searching for those coupon codes a thing of the past. Honey is the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and then applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. They range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. When you check out, the Honey button drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons and honey searches for coupons for that site and if it finds one you will watch those prices drop off-screen producer zach has used honey to save seven dollars on a non-stick pan and editor john used honey to save five dollars on a fancy water bottle honey has found it's over 17 million members over two billion dollars in savings whoa wow. and if you don't already have honey you could be straight up missing out on all these free savings it's literally free and it installs in a few seconds and by getting it you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show get honey for free at joinhoney.com slash big question that's joinhoney.com slash big question we also want to thank Babel for sponsoring this episode ego twe meldith uh-oh in case you don't speak french that was a poorly pronounced ego killed meredith I'm working on my accent. I'm working on it with Babbel, the number one selling language learning app. Babbel has made the language learning process addictively fun and easy with bite-sized lessons. When I visited Japan, I couldn't speak a lick of the native language. So when I'm able to travel again, I want to be better prepared. Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go, like while you wait in line or while you're doing your laundry. Babbel designs their courses with practical, real-world conversations in mind, things you'll use in everyday life. Babbel lessons were created by the over 100 language experts, not some clunky AI. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. Choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, Finish. French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you will get an extra three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use the promo code BIGQUESTION. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com, code BIGQUESTION, for an extra three months free. Babble, language for life. 
for language for life. life. Learning. You know what language. else is for life? NWO, baby. Now comes the time for some bite-sized question that Tommy's gonna answer. Are you ready, Tommy? Yes. All right. Our buddy Actually Sauceless is back. <laughs> Again. And they're <laughs> double dipping on Actually Sauceless. You double dip the chip. They ask, with Deadpool becoming MCU canon, is Deadpool's time travel mechanic the same as Endgame's time travel? No. No, it's not. Okay. Avengers Endgame tries to stick to the alternate timeline rules of time travel, That's what right, Eric calls yeah. Type 2, in which significant changes to the past cause reality to split into alternate histories, while mm -hmm. the past timeline remains unchanged. So when, when Endgame does time travel, it's basically creating several alternate histories. It's what Back to the Future Part 2 uh, expands on the Back yes. to the Future mythology of. Uh, basically, once you change things, uh, you just create another history, and you create history after history after history, whereas right. the one that you left stays exactly the same. You don't exactly. see a weird thing where it's like, things uh, cross-dissolve and history gets adjusted. Right. That doesn't right. happen in this version. It's just another tentacle in the yeah. octopus of time. Uh, Alright, <laughs> Deadpool 2 uses a more comical effing approach to time travel, Eric's type uh -huh. 1, in which time travel isn't meant to have actual causal impact on the universe and instead plays out more like a cartoon. That, I mean, it's Deadpool, come on. Deadpool or Cable go back in time, it's implied to have a do-over effect. Time doesn't uh -huh. branch into separate timeline. Everything stays within one history that gets warped by different choices by the time traveler. Deadpool's time That's travel it. mechanic isn't even consistent with the time travel of his own universe, yeah. right? The days of Future's Past featured consciousness time travel type 7, in which Kitty Pride projects Logan's conscious mind into his younger body in the past, and who hasn't had that happen? What? Yeah, well, and Tommy, I want to thank you for sticking to our uh, numbered types, because let's just make that a thing. I, I want the, I want to be, the way that the Bechdel test, I think, is named after you. Yes. I want the Voss test of time travel is like, does it do this? Then it is type one. Does it do this? Then it is type two. Uh, I invented the Bechdel test, but because I thought it was too controversial for a man to have invented it, I changed the spelling of it and, and credited it to a woman. That's the type to of Allison guy Bechdel. I am. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who was great? on the simpsons this doesn't mean that when deadpool joins the prime mcu time travel won't be the explanation deadpool mm. is a cartoon yeah. he's ridiculous he can use whatever logic he wants to arrive in this world and we'll go with it because it's deadpool. <laughs> yeah for sure because sure. he's gonna yeah. say something quippy and it's gonna be funny and snarky and it's gonna be charming and we're all just gonna go God, he's funny. Maximum effort. And easy on the eyes. Uh, the MCU <laughs> might imply that Fox's X-Men universe was one of the many alternate timelines across a time stream, right. all monitored by the TVA. It's possible that Deadpool's time jumping at the end of Deadpool 2 made Deadpool a person of interest to the TVA, and that could bring him into the MCU multiverse. Yeah, I see. I could see that being very possible. I mean, remembering the end of Deadpool 2, it was that share, if I could turn back time, yes. and he goes back and he, and he uh, saves Vanessa. Mm -hmm. He prevents X-Men Origins, the Wolverine, yes. from happening. <laughs> he prevents uh, himself from doing the Green Lantern movie. Yes. I think he tries to kill baby Hitler. Uh, so all this stuff is like he's just trying to change his own history, but it's yes. so silly. It's a joke. It's like Bill yeah. and Ted. Right. And like the fact, I think Deadpool could just like, you know, imagine Owen Wilson and Loki being like, Oh, and there's this other guy, Wade Wilson and Cable is just, you know, you know and then, it, and then, you know, Wanda burped and then caused all these to come together. And then he's just in the MCU now. It's that simple. I yeah. hope it's that simple. I don't want yeah. to think about it too hard. No. Okay. So uh civilian yeah. from Discord asked, is Agent Carter MCU canon? Okay. Agent 
Carter is canon in the same way that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is, which is to say that it it kind of is. Uh Agent Carter (laughs) follows Peggy Carter in the late 40s in her early years establishing S.H.I.E.L.D. Avengers Endgame gave Agent Carter's canonicity a big boost by featuring James Darcy as Edwin Jarvis in the 1970s, the same actor who played Jarvis in Agent Carter. Yeah, that was a big deal. It's like, whoa, so they are for once acknowledging these shows. However, the MCU going forward on Disney Plus has been extremely reluctant to acknowledge Agent Carter or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as part of the MCU canon, especially as later seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. really started to pull away into alternate timelines. Uh, There was that thing in uh, the final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Spoiler warning if you haven't seen it yet, but they do do some time travel and they do justify it by saying they went through quantum tunnels in the quantum realm uh and they actually make more sense out of the end game time travel logic than end game did mm. but uh it remains to be seen if the um prime mcu is going to acknowledge any of that as being part of their world okay also episode three of wandavision features an ad for hydra soak which seems like a big mm-hmm. nod to agent colson's rant about hydra mind control soap in the framework episodes of agent of shield that blue soap everyone uses Hydra loads it up with chemicals. It seeps into our bloodstream and plants false memories into our brains. Yeah, that was cool to see. But a nod, it might have just been a meta thing. We don't know yet if, like, Hydra soap uh, does actually exist rather than just being, like, a parody projection of of Westview. Unfortunately, until we get clarification from Fahey, we can't consider Agent Carter formal canon. Required viewing, yes. By God, mm-hmm. yes, please, formal required viewing. And definitely more canonical than the Marvel Netflix series. I think if you consider canon in the MCU as like a, a flowing amoeba or a, a multi-tiered uh, pizza pie or something, you have like the main, everything that Kevin Feige produced, like all the movies in the, the Marvel Disney Plus shows. And then outside of that, you have uh, the Marvel TV stuff that Kevin Feige initially gave the okay to in the Joss Whedon produced so that would be agents of shield and then agent carter a lot of the same actors appear in those pretty much all the same actors uh and then a broader tier from that you have the other things so you have like um the runaways you Mm -hmm. have uh daredevil punisher jessica jones luke cage uh iron fist uh they all kind of exist uh broader from that and then it's all contained within the mojo verse we think yes <laughs> runaways is an interesting one because it was only ever on hulu right yeah it was only on hulu and it has a lot of like marvel things in it it has like a minoru it has uh mm-hmm. dark hold and then i think the gifted might be part of that too the gift i was gonna say let's not with... disrespect the gifted shout out to yeah. uh steven moyer yes one more question from colonel hogan on discord who asked yeah. how are they called x wings and y wings in star wars if there's no latin alphabet in star wars mm, colonel hogan you sneaky cheeky devil when george lucas originally conceived star wars the in-universe written language of arabesh had not yet been in so in the original cut Uh, of a new hope english printed words using roman letters were visible however these were re-edited into arabesh for the 2004 dvd release Uh, always tinkering george always Uh meddling always changing lucasfilm story group head pablo hidalgo considers roman alphabet characters part of star wars canon the way Mm. many have justified this is by calling it the high galactic alphabet i like that hga baby (laughs) a snobby alternate written language that's identical to the Roman alphabet. So that would explain the existence of Roman letters in the names of the X-Wing and the Y-Wing. There's also the language of Tunis. 
which corresponds to the real-world Greek alphabet. Alpha, beta, gamma, delta, epsilon, zeta, eta, theta, iota, kappa, lambda, mu, nu, psi, omicron, upsilon, phi, chi, psi, omega, iota, pi, rho, Whoa. I forgot those two. Thus, why we have a Lambda-class shuttle. Oh, I see. Yeah, the Lambda-TA class. Yeah, okay, so that would be Greek. Okay, there's an answer for all of these things. I'm yes. sure it's really just because they didn't think to do it. You know? Agreed. <laughs> yeah, they look like Xs. They look like Ys. That's how the, the production designers classified yes. them. And they're like, yeah, oh, that's just what we'll call them. You can tell that it's an X-wing. Because of the way it is. But good thing the story group has an answer for us. And thank you, Tommy, for giving us that answer. Hey, my pleasure, my treasure. Oh, we have time for one more box scraps question. Box of scraps! And this comes to us from MJ on Discord, mm. who asked, if you were in Inception, what would your totem be? You know, Eric, uh, I my totem would be when I was a young performer. When I was a young what? Los Angeles. I was uh, taking a workshop at Second City on Hollywood Boulevard, and I was leaving the workshop, and uh, out of the corner of my eye, there was a baseball card on the floor. And when I went to pick up that card, it was a Indiana Jones trading card with a picture of the little Maharaja. So, Whoa, I, but it so was like specific. from 1984 or something like that, or 1983. Uh, I don't quote me. I'm not, I know the years the movies came out. I don't know when the cards were uh, printed. Is what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> and so I picked it up and kept it because I was like, what a weird thing that there's this perfectly intact gem mint as the card fans would say uh little maharaja <laughs> card i i did a google search to make sure it wasn't valuable because otherwise i would have turned it in it was worthless uh. it was like you know <laughs> so i kept it i put it in my wallet and it was a source of good luck for me uh i thought i would take it out and like you know rub it for luck uh, uh -huh. when i was gambling at a casino or talking to a girl that i liked you know i would be rubbing the uh -huh. little maharaja They're like what are you rubbing in your pocket tommy i would be, I'd be going like this i'd be like yes they're like yeah why are your hands <laughs> just moving around your pocket so fast no i didn't do that necessarily but this thing was a source of good luck for me and then i lost it oh and then I lost it. no but there's a happy ending to this because it became kind of famous to my friends because I would take it out and like, you know, uh, I would whip it out. Uh, I'd whip the little Maharaja out and kind of wave him <laughs> around at people. But I would like I'd say, oh, rub the Maharaja for good luck, like rub the card for good luck. My friend, Brian Conowal, uh, as a joke gift, got me the complete set of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom trading cards. Uh, wow. Not knowing that I had lost the little Maharaja. So I replaced him. I replaced the little Maharaja. Wow, Tommy, what a nice friend. What a nice gift. He, he is a great friend and a nice gift. So that would be, that card to me is a totem that that, that, that I would have. Uh, it's a little good luck charm ah. for me. What about you, Eric? You know, I was, uh, I do have a real totem real quick. There, I used to have this, uh, remember when Welch's did a promotion of Tom and Jerry glasses? Oh, yes. Uh, I had one as a kid and it was like my favorite thing. And I, for whatever reason, brought it with me to college because I'm mm -hmm. like, I love drinking little juice out of this. Yes. And um, I had this uh, desk in my dorm room that it had like a retractable um uh, platform where you could put your uh, keyboard on and mm -hmm. I had rested uh, we were shooting a sketch in there with Philip uh, he was shooting it and I was playing a character in it and we had to have OJ so I was like I don't know if I want to use this because it's important to me and he put it on the retractable thing and he was sitting in a computer chair and just he always has to like 
anytime he sits has to like lean back and put his feet mm -hmm. up in weird ways mm -hmm. uh and he leaned back and it slid back the retractable thing oh. and it was one of these things where my glasses on it and it just went oh. and it fell and it shattered and i was like oh. and then he started laughing oh. <laughs> and i was like my welch's glass and i think that's why he was laughing because it was just so precious <laughs> but that wouldn't be my totem I just want to tell a story about Philip Brook. What do you think? Oh, but yeah, the reason yeah, it, but... your story reminded me of it, I was uh, uh, dating a girl afterwards, and as a gift, she got me a replacement glass. And oh, it's that's one of a my nice favorite thing. gifts I've ever gotten. Yeah, uh, not a good girlfriend to have, but it was a nice. No, gift. but sometimes sometimes terrible girlfriends are great gift givers. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. I had a girl. I had a girlfriend like she completely re like styled my wardrobe. Like then broke up with me. Like she oh. took me shopping and like. I bought a lot of the clothes with my money, but she bought me some clothes too. Like she was just like, I'm going to help you dress better. And she was right. Like it wasn't a mean thing. Like I dressed like a child. I wore like basketball shorts and tank tops everywhere, which I like. Yeah. That's the thing. No, no relationship is totally wasted. Uh, there was a girlfriend I had who uh, taught me a little trick of uh, uh, your water bottles, your big water bottles. Like you can um, put them mm -hmm. in. They usually don't fit in your car cup holders, but they will fit between the door and your seat. And it, they lock in oh. place, and they don't spill or roll around. And uh, I, not a good girlfriend to have, but a great trick that I use all the time. That is so a there's great something trick. to be learned in every relationship, mm -hmm. you know? It's yeah. always useful to get yourself out there and to date. You never know. You know what? I, I'm going to get I'm going to I'm getting back on the apps, Eric. You just convinced me. Um, my totem would be, when I was a kid, I had this uh, marble egg. Uh <laughs> that I got from a the science center in Atlanta and in the gift shop they just had this this black marble egg that I saw it and I was obsessed with it and I loved the weight wow. of it it was like heavy so I think like what yeah. totems are an in inception it has to be like a unique thing that you know the weight and the balance of that means mm -hmm. something to you and I ha I keep talking about this I'm obsessed with eggs um I, I have this weird story philosophy that I believe all the best stories are uh, based on eggs or based on the mm -hmm. idea of life in some way. Like J.J. Um, mm -hmm. Abrams has this whole theory of the mystery box and you can go find his TED talk where he talks about how as a kid he was obsessed with magic and he bought this uh, box and he realized the box itself was so ornately designed and that if you, the, the promise of uh of an interesting story is so powerful and that has mm. defined his storytelling philosophy and if you look at things like you know his star wars movies at lost and mission impossible 3 his star trek movies they all have really exciting first acts but then they never answer any of their questions right he's gonna right. leave it open-ended um so my egg theory is a distillation of jj abrams mystery box theory i believe that the egg is the same kind of idea right it's a mystery box but you know kind of what's inside. What's inside is the promise of life. And I think mm. every good story does that. They give you this kind of thematic promise of something and that at the end of the day, a good story always affirms life in a way. Oh, I love it that. Makes, you know, and every, all my favorite movies, all my favorite books, comic books, TV shows, all do this. So like Jurassic Park that has a symbolic power of an egg and life finding a way. Mm -hmm. uh, Wally Eve is shaped like an egg and she gets mm -hmm. fertilized with that plant and that becomes a symbolic uh, focus of the movie. Um, Watchmen on HBO 
egg. It's all about the egg. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, there's been theories where it's like there's an egg there. Uh, Godzilla, there's egg. Like mm-hmm. everything's eggs, and I'm obsessed with eggs. And uh, and so I feel like my totem would have to be Perfect an egg for you. Perfect for you. I'll I'll write a book about this. I'll do a TED talk or a podcast series about why eggs are everything. And my goal in life, because every time I pitch this to someone, they're always just like, "Oh my god, this guy's." weird and obsessed with birds and eggs and i am but my goal is to when i pitch this to to someone they don't start laughing in my face that they're like oh like i want everyone in the world to appreciate eggs as much as i do and i started with you (laughs) yes i'm in listen i think i got one i got one i got and it's an that's one shell of an idea you crack me up oh yes um well on that note that is it for this episode of big question thank you to tommy for joining me this episode you can follow tommy at tommy back told uh, you can follow me at EA Boss, follow New Rockstars, send us your big questions using the hashtag big question. But really, you're going to want to join our official uh, New Rockstars Discord available to all patrons and put your questions there. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast feed, leave us a nice rating and review, subscribe to New Rockstars here on YouTube, hit that notification bell. And another quick shout out to our friends at Stereo, the app that lets users listen in, seek out topics, and join conversations about issues and ideas that interest them, like comedy, pop culture, sports, all kinds of topics. Stereo can be downloaded for free by Apple and Android users. Once you download the app, you can create an avatar and profile and start going live yourself. You can submit audio messages to the hosts of conversations to join the conversation in real time. We go live with our interactive New Rockstars news show, hosted by myself and Philip Molina on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific. You'll be able to hear that on stereo and you can submit your theories and reactions, your personal grooming tips on there. We do this every yeah. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Just go to stereo.com slash new rockstars to get all the details and get notified when we're going live. Again, that's stereo.com slash new rockstars. See you next time, Tommy. Mwah, mwah, mwah.